May 1st, 1981. Wear those short, short shorts of yours in that V-neck tank that shows off your boobies, he leered at me over the phone. Don went on to tell me to come to his office, a place I had never been allowed to go before, even though it was right across the street from our little hideaway trailer in his other lot. He had a peculiar ask. Don wanted me to pretend to be the daughter of someone who owed him money. I was to go in the front office, where there were three desks, banks of file cabinets, and enough surface dust to grow crops. I was told to state my mission of making a payment to the owner, but it had to be in person to him only. I wasn't to use his name. If this was his fantasy, I didn't mind playing along, no matter how bizarre the request. I played my part, which seemed to really upset the women in the room, who I would later learn were two of Don's daughters and a short, dumpy truck driver named Anne McQueen he had put in charge of his office. I went in his office and he closed the door. After some petting, he had me sit on his knee while he made calls for half an hour to an hour. He then instructed me to go, without a word, out the door and back home. I'm writing this from September 16th of 2018 because I just woke up thinking about it in a new light. I'm estimating the date this happened. I've been watching a show called Inside the Criminal Mind, Cults, and I just recently spoke with Barbara Fisher, who had escaped the Bhagavan Kevin Antle cult at Tigers, and now this scene makes sense. The way Don or any other cult leader maintains control is through a never-ending cycle of lavishing praise and gifts and then dealing a crushing blow. He was parading me in front of his loyal office manager and his daughters to make them think he was so attractive and powerful that a beautiful woman of 19 would be throwing herself at him as payment of her parents' debt. Don was 22 years my senior. I wasn't my most beautiful then, as I was breastfeeding Jamie and the doctor had put me on speed, those little yellow jackets, to lose the baby weight. I just couldn't stop moving, so I was as fit as I would ever be. Looking back now, I have no doubt that Don was using my beauty and willingness to go along with his oddball gameplay as a weapon against the women in the office and the girl's mother Gladys who would certainly get an earful of what it had seemed to transpire that day. As I look back on this, I wonder how many times he hurt other women by using me this way without me even knowing. The office lot was bordered on the north by East Columbus Avenue and on the south by East Broadway. It was divided in half by 62nd Street. Don bought it in 1983 for $34,000. It was wall-to-wall -wall trailer bodies. Those eight-foot-wide-by-40-foot-long boxes on semis are what Don made money from. He had been fixing washing machines and selling them, but one day cut the axles off a trailer and sold the axles to a trucking outfitter, Great Dane, and sold the box for storage. That made more money than selling used washing machines. He did some hauling, too. Ann McQueen was a truck driver turned secretary, but I never knew what they hauled. It didn't seem to be a regular thing with regular routes. 
I think he had three or four drivers slash mechanics who helped him cut the axles and drive the loads. I doubt seriously that he was a millionaire when I met him. He had more money than he had ever had before, but it wasn't a lot of money by most people's standards. Everything Don touched looked like a junkyard. In addition to most of the ground being covered by these boxes and pieces of axles and old tires, there were piles upon piles of junk cars, junk boats, and a huge array of lawnmowers to earth movers that were in various stages of being torn down or presumably built for resale. He went to the auctions all the time, but I almost never saw him selling equipment or cars, just buying them and making a mess of them. Our decrepit little love nest on the east side of 62nd Avenue under the big oak was surrounded by even more of a mess of things that seemed long forgotten based on the vines growing over them. The office was a single wide trailer on the west side of 62nd Street. The office was as filthy and rotting on the inside as the outside. The entry was a sliding glass door that was nearly impossible to see through for all of the grime and rain that had soaked in around the seals such that the doors were in peril of just falling out of their grooves. Every door frame inside and out had years of greasy stains from the unwashed mechanic's hands leaning on the frames. When I walked in, there were three desks. Anne's desk was to the left. The non-Don daughter, Luby Missick or something like that, was in the middle. And the desk to the right was usually Linda Sanchez and Gail Rathbone, who were two of Don's daughters. Donna Pettis, the third daughter, never worked for him that I recall. To the far right end of the trailer was another office with a desk and rows of old metal file cabinets. There were a total of six women working in the office, but only four desks for them, so some may have been part-time. To the far left of the trailer, behind Anne, was Don's office. Don's office had a desk, a phone with multiple lines, and the rest of the room was just a stack of junk that seemed to serve no purpose. I think the bathroom was back there too. The entire place was dark from poor lighting, but what you could see was that everything was covered in a deep layer of filth. When I would open the file cabinets, there appeared to be absolutely no filing system and papers were falling out of folders and stuffed into crevices and even the insides of the cabinets were just thick with dust and ro roach droppings. The photos on this page are from around 1982. I had drawn and painted the cartoon characters on Jamie's nursery wall while I was pregnant with her. I think they may have been from templates because I don't think my freehand work was quite that good. There are dressers along the wall here, the type I used to sell, because during the painting process, I guess I was a little tense from the whole notion of being pregnant, and I smashed out the drywall with an axe going after a spider. In my own defense, it was a huge spider. Those clowns freaked Jamie and I out a lot because they would just wind up and play music all by themselves. The black all over the designs was from damage to the photo and not on the wall. <laughs> 